You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Hello, Megan. Oh, hi, Kate. I didn't know you were going to say hi to me first. We were just saying we don't know how to start these because we've already been talking a little bit before we hit record, and so it's kind of like reintroducing ourselves to ourselves. Well, you know what Joe Rogan does? He's like, well, we were talking before the podcast started about this, and then they just go into their topic, what they were talking about. Can I tell you I'm really upset with Joe? Ooh, why? Okay, I'm not upset because I get it. I understand. It is drama. There's been so much podcast drama. (laughs) I'll tell you. First off. Joe Rogan is moving to exclusively Spotify by the end of the year, meaning he's going off YouTube. And I watch Joe Rogan on YouTube just like as a talk show on TV. So while I'm cleaning or doing laundry or just kind of doing emails, he is in the background. (laughs) And I like it on the screen because you hear him all the time say, pull that up, Jamie, pull that shit up. And I want to look at my screen and be like, what's he pulling up? Yeah. You know, because when you just listen to them. For sure. Do you remember the episode, I don't know if you heard this one, with the orangutan that was spearfishing? No. All right, everyone. (laughs) We don't have a Jamie to pull shit up for us, but if you're listening to this, pull over to the side of the road, stop what you're doing, Google orangutan spearfishing. Coolest photo ever. And they were talking about it like crazy on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I was like, that's it. I'm just watching it on YouTube now because I was walking my dog and trying to Google this orangutan spearfishing, and they were going nuts over it. (laughs) And anyway, it's not going to be on YouTube at the end of the year. And he did. Did he announce this? Yeah, he announced it. He got like a $100 million contract with Spotify. Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so of course he did it. I don't even have a Spotify app. Well, their stocks shot up like 11%. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Want to talk about stress eating? Holy crap. <laughs> I know. It's a wild because he's... Okay, if anyone's listening to this and they're like, why are they talking about the Fear Factor guy? He has the number one podcast on Apple Podcasts, except for right now, because this moves me into my second piece of podcast drama, the Call Her Daddy podcast. <laughs> Have you ever heard of it? Call Her Daddy podcast? I'm going to say no. Okay, this is because you're a good human being and you don't <laughs> <laughs> you don't fill your brain with trash like I do. You know how some people watch like, you know, Real Housewives? Sure. I listen to Call Her Daddy, which are these two girls who live in New York and they give really bad relationship advice, but it's funny and entertaining. They're okay. very vile, like not appropriate for work or if you have kids around. Long story short, there's this whole drama with them in Barstool Sports, which is what their podcast is hosted on. Okay. And I'm not even going to go into it because I'm not going to waste people's time. (laughs) But if you are interested in some tea... Okay, you're interested? I'm interested. These girls signed a three-year contract with Barstool Sports, and they went from zero to hero real quick. All right. They got paid individually, and one of them started dating a guy who works for HBO, he looks like Quagmire from Family Guy. <laughs> Lord Farquaad looking. Cool. 
<laughs> so they're all making fun of him because he convinced the girls that host the Call Her Daddy podcast to try to renegotiate their contract and pull out and move to Wondery, which is another big podcast platform. And it is some tea. And the president of Barstool Sports is a loudmouth, you know, northeastern guy with a big attitude. He doesn't care. He's stupid rich. He can get on whatever platform he wants and just shoot the shit. And he's been doing just that, and it's been entertaining the pants off me. The so wait, days. did they move into number one? Yeah, because oh. of all the drama. Holy they took over whoa. Joe Rogan. Okay, good for them. Yeah, so I'm getting a little sweaty. I'm fired up talking about this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, so well, reason for our podcast today. So I text you and I was like, Kate, listen, I gained seven pounds during quarantine. I want to talk to you about this, but let's do it on a podcast. I'm kind of nervous for this episode. I don't know why. Yeah, I have a little bit of anxiety. Because we prepared nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, based on what we've talked about right now so far. But I don't know what it is because we talk about weight loss with people all the time, every day, all day. I would say, I don't know, 70 to 80% of our clients are coming in for some weight-related concern, whether it's weight gain, they're trying to gain weight, whether they're trying to lose weight, whether they can't lose weight, or they're trying to maintain their weight. But for some reason, just talking about our own weights makes me feel very um, transparent. You know what I mean? Yes. Because we're different. We're dietitians. Mm -hmm. So we have this weird stigma that we're supposed to always be a certain weight and not gain weight. And I don't know. That's just what I think people think. And that's a big reason why I wanted to do this on the podcast and talk to people about, like, I still have struggles even though I'm a dietitian. Mm -hmm. And I want people to know, like, we are real people. I just had a conversation with someone the other day. I brought chocolate chip cookies somewhere and they looked at me and said, you eat chocolate chip cookies? And I was like, I eat everything. What do you mean? And so just that stigma of like, you're a dietitian, you know everything there is to know, you always eat healthy, like you don't struggle with your weight, any of those things. I want to bring to light, like I struggle too. And obviously I've struggled over this time period. And I just wanted to talk to people about like why I've struggled, where that where that's come from. And if people have experienced some of the same things, like what I'm going to do to get back on track. I think this is a really important conversation to have. Like you just mentioned, people were shocked that you brought chocolate chip cookies. And I feel like that a lot of people who are trying to lose weight or maybe part of their identity is related to health and fitness, they get a lot of judgment from other people about what they're eating because they post online about fitness or food and then they try to hide their, you know, so-called bad, I don't even call them bad, eating behaviors, and that often can manifest in just eating in shame and going home and eating those chocolate chip cookies and feeling bad about yourself, and it's a very vicious cycle. So being transparent that, yeah, we're dietitians, but we eat like normal people, and our weight is affected like normal people. Mm -hmm. We don't have some superpower or magical ability to consistently stay the same weight over and over again. It's a, that's just a real raw conversation. Yeah, I think it can be really overwhelming too if you're that one person in your family or in your friend group that is the healthy eater. And so people are always looking to you and looking at what you're eating. And if you want to have a cheeseburger one day, then everybody's going to comment and be like, oh, you're eating a cheeseburger. Why are you eating a cheeseburger? What's going on with you? What's wrong with you? Like, don't you want to get a salad instead? That can be a lot of pressure. And like you said, that can turn into closet eating or going home and, you know, eating the salad instead of the cheeseburger you actually wanted in front of people and then going home and binging on four protein bars. Yeah. Gross. 
Here's a question. Have you ever experienced someone in your friend group or family group feel like or express that they have to change their eating habits around you? Not so much the people that I'm close to, but people that I first meet are always like, oh, I can't eat this around you, or they immediately put their hand over their plate, and they're like, oh, you're a dietitian. Don't watch what I'm eating. Mm. So I think that people automatically think that I'm judging them based on what I do. But for the people that are really close to me, like, they know that I'll eat pizza, so they're not really, like, looking to me or, or me, like, looking at them to judge what they're eating. It's just people that I'm not super close to, I would say. I have the same experience. It's people who maybe I'm with in a group setting and then we're already eating or drinking or whatever we're doing. And they say, oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a, a dietitian. And everyone's like, oh, oh, my gosh. Well, don't. Yeah, exactly. What you they hide their plate and they say, don't look what I'm eating. Or, oh, my God, you know, I guess I'll stop eating on the chips <laughs> or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. all right, more for me. Yeah. Okay. So this week I got on the scale. It was seven pounds more than what it was a few weeks ago. I don't, I'm not like I'm. I don't get on the scale every day kind of a person, but I recognize that my shorts weren't fitting. And not that I've been wearing jean shorts. These were my Lululemon shorts that have some give in them that I wear all all day, every day, whether it's to work out or hang out at my house. I was like, man, I'm not looking good in these shorts. I'm kind of spilling over the top of them. Like, what's going on here? So I get on the scale and I'm like, oh, the scale says that too for mm. me. For me, a seven pound shift is a pretty big shift. I usually fluctuate like between three and four pounds. And so this is, I mean, seven pounds above what I'm normally averaging in that three or four pound shift. So I, I, I said, okay, you can do one of two things here. And these are one of two things I see clients do too. I could not get real with myself and be like, but this isn't fair. I have been working out during this. like. You know, I've gone on mile runs and I've done some of the CrossFit workout at home workouts and I've been doing some of the dance videos and I've still been prepping all my meals. I've been prepping for lunches. We eat good dinners. Like I still eat greens every day. Like talking myself up about all the good things that I still do and being like, I don't know why this is happening and just being really frustrated. Or I can get really real with myself and be like, what do you need to change here? What's actually going on? And if I'm being honest with myself, it's been since March 15th that I've been to CrossFit. I always brag about how I used to be able to eat 1,200 calories a day and still wasn't gaining weight or wasn't losing weight 1,200 calories a day and now I can eat 2,000 calories and blah, blah, blah. Always brag about that. Like I can eat what I want now. Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Cannot eat the same way when I'm not doing those high level activities. Like just doing a couple laps around the block or doing a couple bicep curls is not the same. Mm -hmm. I cannot eat that same level of food that I was eating when I was doing CrossFit four times a week. It just doesn't work for my body. Now, it took a little while for me to realize that if two months down the road, oh, what you're doing isn't enough, but I need to say like, okay, this cannot continue the same way. Either I need to eat less or I need to get back into the activity level that I was doing before. Well, since gyms just started opening up here in Florida, is your CrossFit gym back open? As of today. <laughs> right in the nick of time. Yep. <laughs> the gym yep. gods heard you just and they blessed upon you an open gym. 
Yep. Well, so then, you know, you, you were talking about you had this change in activity, and I feel like that happens a lot in people's lives, but it's maybe not as obvious as, oh, I'm not going to the gym anymore because I can't. Mm-hmm. It might just happen from a job shift, or maybe somebody graduated college and they're not walking around university as much anymore. Yep. They have a job where they're sitting and they used to be on their feet because they were a waiter or a teacher or something like that. And it's not as obvious, and the weight, it creeps up pretty slowly, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard to go back and look at your life in months and be like, okay, what happened four or five months ago that had this shift? I'm not doing anything different. Yep. Especially when you're still working out, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's like a different way of working out or you're still eating similar foods, but it hasn't been that big of a shift to sit there and realize that. But I know that it wasn't magic, especially because at the beginning of this, I had one 35 pound dumbbell and I could do workouts with a 35 pound dumbbell. And guess what I can't do now? (laughs) basically anything with that 35 pound dumbbell so that's another clue that I've lost a lot of muscle through this process and so because I've lost muscle that means that I can't eat as much as I could before because my metabolism isn't as high but guess who's still eating the same way this girl over here so (laughs) something needs to change if I want to lose that seven pounds and I think people, you know, we get all up in arms about people talking about certain weights or certain numbers or they're triggered by someone talking about a certain weight. And if that's you, I'm sorry. Time to stop listening to this. But I think you and I both are more, we're just realists. Like, I could not weigh myself, but that doesn't mean I didn't gain seven pounds. Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is that I did gain seven pounds. So if I continue to do the same things that I'm doing now, my weight will continue to go up. Whether I weigh myself and know that number or not, I think facing the reality, at least for me, is a healthier outlook. Yep, me too. And the same goes for if you periodically want to log and track what you're eating. Because if you track what you're eating, it doesn't matter if you actually write it down or if you actually ate it. It's still the reality of whatever you're putting in your body. And again, that doesn't mean you need to track your food every day. And it doesn't mean you need to weigh yourself every single day. That's not what we're saying. It's just facts are facts and data are data. And whether you want to look it in the eye or if you want to turn around and and not face it, it's it's still going to affect your your reality. And I think both of us have a pretty neutral relationship when it comes to the scale and our weight. We can look at a number and be like, oh, like that's, I don't feel comfortable right now because my clothes aren't fitting. I don't feel my best. I feel a little bit blah compared to usual. Oh, the number on the scale reflects that. Not tying all of your emotion into that number is a skill, but I think you and I, through our past experiences with restrictive eating and and just being in this world, we have a pretty neutral relationship with those numbers and we can look at that scale number and say, okay, this is it, time to just adapt and pivot and do what I need do what I need to do to to get back to where I feel most comfortable. I think the big difference is that we feel that the scale doesn't have power over us. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of clients that I'm working with and I'm asking them these leading questions to kind of figure out how they feel about it, they feel that the scale has power over them. Mm. So based on what that scale says, that's how they feel about themselves, that's what directs what their day is going to be like, how their mood is going to be, the things that they're going to do, whereas us, we're like, okay, the scale says this, here's how I can have power over what that scale says, where other people feel powerless. 
So one of the, I actually just worked with a client on this today. Um, we've gone through different shifts in her where she hasn't weighed herself at all to kind of feel like, how does that go for you? Where she's weighed herself every week. She went from like weighing herself multiple times a day. And so we're like, okay, that's too much. Not, we're not doing that. And so what we recognize is the scale still has power over her. And so what we're going to do is every time before she weighs herself, she's going to journal a little bit on how she's feeling, her confidence levels, her energy levels, all those other parameters we can use as measurements of progress. She's going to get on the scale and then she's also going to uh, journal her emotions after that. Mm. And so we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but it's not about beating yourself up for feeling a certain emotion. She needs to recognize that emotion that she's feeling and then her responsibility is her her reaction to that emotion mm -hmm. and so we're trying to bring down that reactivity that she's having for it to just be another number just be another thing that she's monitoring so it's not something she has to hide from it's not something her husband has to take away the scale and hide it somewhere where she'll never see it again it's so she can desensitize herself to that and so she can recognize okay she's doing really well with the food aspect food doesn't have power over me but for whatever reason the scale still does I like that whole point of you have control on how you react because we can't control what that scale is going to say back at us. No matter what we eat or what we do the day before, we cannot guarantee we're going to see a number that we're expecting to see. Mm -hmm. That scale is so freaking finicky. And if we've said it once, we've said it a million times. It's just a number. It's going to go up if you have inflammation. It's going to go up if you ate a little bit too much salt the day before. Even if it was all vegetables and lean protein, it might still hold on to, your body still could hold on to water from that salt. So you can't directly control what that scale is going to say. So if you can choose how you react, that puts you in the driver's seat and you can decide, okay, what's the rest of my day going to look like? How am I going to move forward? How am I going to keep my momentum going and stay sane? Versus seeing that scale number and being like, well, nothing I'm doing is even working. You know, I, I ate all these vegetables and chicken for four days in a row and it's not even moving and blah, blah, blah. And then you just give up and wind back where you started. Yep. Doesn't do anybody any good. Yep, I think so. So one of the things I journaled about after seeing that number and saying, okay, some things need to change here. What I did is I went back over the past few months to say, like, what are the things that I'm doing that I need to shift? Because I think for a lot of people, and even for me for a second, was kind of like, okay, what extreme things do I need to do? Like, I need to go back to intermittent fasting. I need to be vegan again. I need to, like, do all these things for, like, a second. I think that's your gut reaction. And then my logical brain stepped in and said, okay, what are the sustainable things that you need to change? What's been different? Okay, I'll tell you what's been different. I've had fried chicken three times in quarantine. Before that, I can't tell you the last time I had fried chicken. Like, what? If you guys haven't listened to our episode, what was it like? Episode 48 about the Popeye's chicken <laughs> or what we eat during quarantine, go back and listen to it. It's called What Dietitians Eat During Quarantine. And Megan, she'll tell you, she's not just eating fried chicken. <laughs> so I, rec I recognize, okay, I've eaten fried chicken three times during quarantine. I've been baking bread multiple times a week. So my carb intake is obviously up. I've made a bunch of different desserts. So my sweets intake is up. I've had more drinks, not in terms of like I'm sitting there pounding vodka sodas, but I need to find some hobbies that don't have something to do with food. Um, I think all of my hobbies and interests have to do with food or like, so making a cocktail for me is almost like an art. So I get really into it. I will go buy a fresh pineapple and make juice out of it and find this random 
brand of whatever liquor that I saw in Bon Appetit and make this cocktail from scratch. And so that's like an art form for me. But then I realized like, oh, you're still taking in all those calories. I've noticed that. that myself. It's almost like cooking is therapeutic in a way and it's a creative outlet. Yep. And then on top of that, the socializing that you do when you're eating something that you made or you're drinking a cocktail that you crafted or if you're lazy like me and you just, you know, crack open a can of beer or whatever it is. <laughs> There's my Missouri roots. You just crack open a, <laughs> a crispy boy. But um, <laughs> and, but it's like it's the hobby. It's combined. It's okay. The therapeutic creative outlet of cooking and crafting something that real feel-good feeling of serving it to people that you love and then socializing with them which involves eating and snacking and picking and then drinking into the wee hours of the night if you're hardcore and that all it's still your body's still taking in energy your body's still taking in these calories and it's not a bad thing it doesn't mean you have to give those things up it's just picking and choosing where do you want to draw back a little bit. Yeah, I'm where? not going to stop any of those things, but I don't need to make fancy cocktails on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday either. So, like, before I'd be like, I'm bored. What should I do? Oh, I don't know. Let's make some crazy Bloody Marys. On the Lord's Day? But then I'm drinking those crazy Bloody Marys, too. So... That's something I'm going to change. I'm going to bring the alcohol intake down. I'm still going to indulge in some fun drinks. Like, I'm not going to cut it out. I'm not going to go extreme. But, like I said, it's not going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. Bread-wise, I think I need to, like, maybe just not eat it every day. (laughs) Because, literally, I eat it every single day. Um, So, I I think that's going to change. And then, obviously, I'm going to go back to CrossFit. So, that's going to help. Because I would honestly just rather work out than eat less. Same it's any day. Like, I think a lot of people, for a lot of people that aren't into food, don't enjoy food as much, it's easier for them to just eat less and not go exercise. But I would rather get that intense exercise back and just continue to eat my 2,000 calories a day. If I didn't have time in my day to exercise, that would mean I would probably have less time in my day to have a snack because I wouldn't need that extra snack because I wouldn't be burning the energy. That would be like a whole two hours of my day. What would I do? (laughs) (laughs) How would I fill that time without exercising my other little snickety snack? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I I don't want you guys to be like, oh, she only has seven pounds to lose, like, oh, she's over here bragging about blah, blah. I just wanted to be real with you guys that I have some goals and I wanted to share them with you and I recognize there's some things that I need to change. Even though there's still lots of things that I'm doing really well, there's some things that I need to work on and if you feel the same way, like, don't be tempted to make these crazy goals of you're going to start fasting 20 hours a day and you need to start doing the paleo, the keto, the whole 30, all of these kind of things. You just need to really take a look at like what are the things that are realistic to change that have changed over the past three months and how can I make it better? I want to point out that you picked just a few things to change. It's not like you went through this long laundry list. You're like, okay, I'm going to cut back on the cocktails. I'm going to cut back on all this bread that I'm cooking and making. And I'm going to go back to working out. And that's very realistic. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. normal. It's nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. It's not something that stresses you out. It's probably going to challenge you a little bit. It's mm-hmm. going to take some mindfulness. Yeah, but it's I'm nothing you've never done before. At the gym. I'm going to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're going to scare people away from that. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll, I, will, I will live. 
<laughs> but yeah, it doesn't. Then that means that I'm not going to lose it in a week either. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that yeah. because if I lose it over time, that means it's a sustainable loss. Yeah, and you'll stop the trend of that weight going up. Yeah, because that's one thing too. You might see the scale and you're like, well, it's only six or seven pounds, whatever. But if you don't kind of dial back in and be like, okay, how do I actually feel? Is this something I'm comfortable with? Well, that number, if you keep up what you're doing, is only going to continue that trend. Yep. Then and it's you... 14 pounds, then mm-hmm. it's 21 pounds, and then, then I'm really starting to look a lot different. I have to buy a whole new wardrobe. I'm not down for that. Nope. And yeah, giving up the clothes that you already like and just how, you know, we all have this weight or this way that our body is that we feel the best at. I mean, I know that I've been through times in my life where I feel really great and other times where I'm just like, man, I feel puffy and sluggish and I don't feel comfortable in my clothes and I don't even want to go out and be social because I don't want to put on something cute I don't feel confident and that is a priority to me to feel good when I go out in public because that's what I like to do I'm not a homebody so it's important for me at least to be mindful of how I'm feeling in my the the skin that I'm in and Mm -hmm. keep that in check and it's not an obsession it's not something that determines every single move in my life and every single action that I take but it's on my priority list to, to take care of my body and yeah. part of that means being dialed in and how I feel. So how's this quarantine thing gone for you? Well, it's interesting because I considered myself really, really active before quarantine. Mm-hmm. But when I thought about it, I was like, okay, like I would go to the gym and I would do lifting workouts. Almost to a point that I now recognize was excessive. Uh, I had for a long time been going six or seven days per week. That's no joke. And I dialed back last year. And it worked really well for me, but then I got back into that habit where I was in the gym, not for just 30 minutes either. I'd be there for like 60 to 90 minutes because I just really liked the atmosphere. I liked lifting weights. I liked challenging myself. I'd get that adrenaline kick. And I was doing all these things, but I almost feel like I was overdoing it. I'm not an exercise expert, so I don't know if I was overdoing it. But at the end of the day, when I look at my pedometer, I never got more than 10,000 steps most days. Like I wasn't actually moving very much, even though I was lifting weights. I think I was lifting so much weight that I was causing all this maybe inflammation in my body or it was draining all of my energy so I didn't actually move my body functionally in other ways. Mm -hmm. And so not being able to go to the gym, I got into a little bit of a, okay, Kate, like no excuses mindset. I kind of tapped into that little voice and I was like, you are going to use this opportunity to do more exercise that you always shied away from because you have to. And I had this little fear in my mind that, oh, like I'm going to completely spiral if I don't fill my day with structured activity that includes exercise. Mm -hmm. That's what works for me. Yeah. And lifting. So I picked up some more movement and I started running and I committed to 12,000 steps every single day because I have a dog and a lake and we walk it. And one lap around that lake is about 8,000 steps. And so I was like, okay, this is very doable for me. I'm going to commit to this. This way I get exercise in, I get vitamin D in, I don't feel depressed in my apartment. And it's really, it's helped me lose weight. I've lost about eight pounds. Today, I wait, this morning I weighed and I, I was seven pounds. I, I found pound. yours. You lost it and I found it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll give it back to you if you would like. It's okay. I'll just throw it out, throw it in the garbage. Um, but I mean, and it, it, when I see that, because I didn't have any like weight loss goals for quarantine, I was more fearful that I would just kind of go off the rails and like not want to go back to the gym when it opened up. I don't really know. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to do something. Yeah. And for me, something that helps me feel good about myself is to have 
structured activity and movement in my day. Mm-hmm. And if I bum around all day or if I don't get movement in or if I don't have some kind of structured activity, I don't really enjoy my relaxation time the same way. Yeah. And I really like my relaxation time. Like at eight o'clock, like leave me alone. I'm doing my own thing or I'm just chilling with friends or watching TV or whatever. But I don't enjoy it if I didn't do anything all day. So I just started moving a whole lot and making it a priority. And all but one day, I've gotten 12,000 steps in. Nice. And I used to gawk at walking. I was like, walking's stupid. But I've just been walking and running and challenging myself that way. And I don't know. My eating really hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. It sounds like your body is responding well to that different difference in activity yeah i do a lot more stretching i think that's a big thing i've really put a lot of emphasis on restorative and recovery because you have to otherwise your body hurts running hurts your body it sucks if you don't stretch and that was one thing and i think a big thing speaking of alcohol is i'm not the kind of person that would drink at home ever like even if i have friends over like i don't just open a bottle of wine that's just not how my family was we just don't do that but I'd go out and I like to drink. Like, I love to go to a brewery. I love to go out to dinner and have a drink. I love to go to the bars. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. I think it's fun. I like being social. And I can't do that. And I've cut back a lot on alcohol, which is kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes sense. So it sounds like for you, like, you increase your activity. You probably decrease the amount of, like, extra calories. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily eating different, but, like, the little extras in terms of alcohol, which we all know make it big difference because we've all been in college yeah. and seen that puffy face pictures from God. freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. I looked back at pictures from me and my sorority. Like, oh, my friend reposted one the other day. It was right before some stupid party. We were like in army gear. And I seriously looked like a Oompa Loompa in the face because it was so puffy. That's because I was drinking like Burnett's vodka. Yes. <laughs> all my- the different flavors. Ooh. I totally forgot about that. Can I tell you the nastiest one that I thought was so good? There was Burnett's whipped vodka. Oh, okay. And I'd yes. put that with orange juice or Fanta. Which, and I was like, <laughs> it's like a dream sickle. Yeah. <laughs> it was not like a dream sickle. <laughs> Gross. It was like $8 Gross. split between friends. Yes. <laughs> That's what it tasted like. Okay, so now that you know that our, um, what we were doing in college. (laughs) (laughs) It shaped us into the women we are today. exactly. If I'm going to have a drink, it's going to be a good one. It's not going to be Burnett's. It's true. I can't even. I remember there was this liquor store right next to my apartment's uh, junior and senior year, and it was called, like, Discount Liquor and Smokes (laughs) in Springfield, Missouri. And we would walk over there, and they had all the fake IDs, like, taped up on the wall and we would go straight to that either Mad Dog because we would have Mad Dog Mondays or that Burnett's Wall. And that was a that was the drill. <laughs> Gross. The glow up is real. No more puffy face, no more cheap liquor. Agreed. So I guess well, let's kind of wrap this podcast up a little bit because we talked about two different sides here, but at the end of the day, like we're not basing our entire worth on our weight. I know that I'm going to make a little bit of changes now that quarantine's over for now, knock on wood, to my normal life. Um, yeah. Are you going to make any changes besides going back to CrossFit and, and cutting back on bread and cocktails? Well, I think one of the things that really was brought to light for me was I didn't give myself enough credit for the activity that I was doing just because I've, I've been doing CrossFit for, I don't know, three or four years now. And so it was just kind of part of my routine. So I just kind of discounted it as like, this is just something that you do. 
And I think what's been brought to light here today, without us really realizing it, is that people's bodies respond very differently to different types of exercise. Whereas for me, like I dropped the CrossFit, but yeah, I've still, I've been walking a lot. I take my dog to the park every day. I do laps while he's running around at the park. But my body hasn't responded well to that because it's lost the thing that it's been used to doing that it does respond well to. So I think it gives more appreciation. I have more appreciation for that routine that I was in now. And so I think getting back to that is going to help a lot. Um, But then also like thinking about how I did have a lot of leeway when it comes to having treats and things like that. And knowing that the reason that I do have that leeway is because of that exercise aspect of things. And so I have a lot of clients who will look at other people and be like, well, they eat more than me. I don't understand why I have to eat less. Or I don't understand why my metabolism is like this, but this person can eat all of that. Well, you don't see what they are doing. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing that. And also, you are an individual, so your body is going to respond differently. So I think the big, I guess, take-home thing is that you have to figure out what your body responds best to, and it's not going to be the same thing as mine or Kate's or your sister's. Mm you need to figure out what's going to work best for you. And so for me, like, I don't really want to fit back into my Lululemon shorts because those things are expensive and I don't want to buy another pair. So that's kind of how I'm monitoring my progress is how I'm feeling in those shorts. And that being said, like, I'm probably going to have some muscle shifts. I may not be able to use weight as the big measurement of progress, but when my shorts start to feel better and I fit good in my shorts, that's when I know that I'm back in a good routine. That's a really great form of progress tracking and measurement too, because it's very just based on how you look and how you feel. And it's not based on something that just fluctuates day to day, AKA the scale. Yeah, I'm not gonna go like start getting on the scale every day or something like that. I'm not gonna add that into my routine because I don't wanna drive myself insane. I'll get on whenever I feel like it, but I'm really just gonna use my shorts. Mm. One thing I want to add to this too is if you feel like you've been at a standstill or plateau with your weight and you feel like you're doing everything right, we hear that all the time. You know, I'm eating good, I'm exercising, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, I'm eating well. I'm trying to get better at my grammar. I'm eating well, I'm exercising, but nothing's happening. Well, kind of take a step out of your own routine and I always use this terminology, kind of look at it like you're a detective and start to look for clues or look for patterns. What have you been doing for years and years that just isn't moving the needle? And can you change that? Are you open to changing it? I know that was for me. I kind of knew in the back of my head, I'm like, "Mm, you're overdoing it. Lifting intensely worked for you when you had a lot of body fat to lose, but now you you don't. It's still a great part of my routine. I'm still always going to to lift. And I think a lot of the ways that I've been able to lose some weight is because I had some muscle mass and I was just doing high intensity cardio on top of that muscle mass I already had. So it kind of helped a little bit there. Um, but I'm, go- I'm never going to give up lifting. But now that I have been forced to give it up six days per week. Now that you're a runner. <laughs> I still like that because it gets you outside. There's something yeah. I like working outside, which, you know, also inspires me to want to look into some kind of outdoor group training kind of thing mm-hmm. um, with a, a resistance training emphasis. But if something's not working for you and you've been doing it for over and over again, try something else. Like, I never would have ever given up lifting if I wasn't forced to. Maybe yeah. never, not never. But it would have been a while because I was in it. I was kind of addicted to it. And it, it wasn't really, it wasn't 
doing much. For, I mean, it did stuff for me, but it, it definitely um, wasn't your I, ideal. Yeah, it's not. I'm not meant to be in the gym lifting heavy weights six days per week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the point of this conversation was just to show that we are human. We go through different struggles. We figure things out about ourselves as we go along and as life changes and that's normal for everybody and it's just to encourage you to kind of take a step back and and figure out what in your routine about this has been great and that you want to continue like what are the good positive changes and what are the things that have kind of fallen by the wayside that you feel like you need to focus on or get motivated to get back into speaking of that megan can you give me a d a. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't Get, know what we're talking about. Not a cheerleader. Give me a D. Give me an A. No. I don't know what you're talking. You repeat about. after me. Uh. I, <laughs> give me. Okay, third time. <laughs> give me a D. Give me a D. No. <laughs> you just say the letter D. Have you ever been? A, <laughs> I know. I just wanted to freak you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be sick. Okay. You disgust me. <laughs> Give me an A. a. <laughs> Give me a B. We just lost all of our listeners. B. <laughs> what does that spell? G-A-P. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna repel everybody, but if you need help figuring out. <laughs> what you should be doing to help get you moving and get you back on track or figure out how you need to pivot with what you're doing now, you can sign up and apply for DAP, which is that DAP that we just so painfully (laughs) spelled out for you. As you know, that was not planned. (laughs) None of this is planned. (laughs) But we have a program. It's one of our exclusive coaching programs at Nutrition Awareness. It's called the Daily Accountability Program. DAP DAP. Yeah, so we we definitely both have a couple people that we are working through or working with in the DAP program right now that we're kind of figuring out what their new normal looks like and how to navigate that moving forwards. Yep, the daily accountability program will have a sit down and we'll help you figure out exactly where you want to be versus what you are doing now and how to get you there. We look at everything, the big picture, not only just your healthy eating habits or not so healthy eating habits, but your lifestyle, your stress, your sleep. And then we hold you accountable to making certain changes every single day for 30 day cycles. So especially if you're in the place that I'm in right now, like not super happy with where you are, but you're kind of confused as to what are the next steps to take and you're looking at your life and you're like, I'm overall pretty healthy. Us getting to have that daily picture of what life looks like for you can really help us find the clues to cracking your code and figuring out what's going on. Yep. So if this sounds like something that you want to learn more about, you can apply for the Daily Accountability Program. We do have an application process because we give these clients a lot of love, a lot of time, on top of our traditional coaching clients too, and we want to have time to love on them as well. So we only take about five people each per cycle, and you fill out an application, one of us will reach out to you within 24 to 48 hours about your application and either invite you to move forward with the application process or maybe discuss some other options for you that might work better depending on where you are now and what your overall goals are. If you want to apply, there's a direct link. It's jotform.com slash nutritionawareness slash DAP. I'll link that in the show notes, but you can also find the application on our website, orlandodietitian.com, under services. 
Thanks for sticking with us through this, and hopefully this was helpful for you to hear. Yep. We will see you guys on the next episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.